You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Good morning. This is Ken Sternfeld, and I am a concierge pharmacist. This is the Pharmacy Podcast Network's STAT consultation. I've been using TheraWorks Relief because it has been part of my daily routine to help me prevent muscle cramps and spasms, and I've been using it for fast-acting relief. When you use it twice a day, in the morning and before bedtime, it will prevent nighttime muscle cramps and spasms. Or if you use it three times daily, if you are ever experiencing cramps and those spasms during the day. As soon as you feel a muscle cramp or spasm coming on, use TheraWorks Relief to quickly release muscle tightness and reduce the soreness afterwards. Go to www.theraworksrelief, T-H-E-R-A-W-O-R-X, relief.com. This is Ken Sternfeld, the concierge pharmacist. This is the Pharmacy Future Leaders Podcast, part of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Pharmacy Future Leaders is a podcast dedicated to pharmacy students by pharmacy students who are committed to making an impact on our healthcare system and providing optimal patient care as innovative and leading pharmacists. As Pharmacy Future Leaders, we dedicated our lifetime of service to others through the profession of pharmacy. We will consider the welfare of humanity and relief of suffering as our primary concerns as we apply our knowledge, experience, and skills to the best of our ability to assure optimal outcomes for our patients. And now, here are your hosts and Pharmacy Future Leaders. This is Pharmacy Future Leaders on the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I am Joanne Pio, and I will be your host for today's show with our guest, Dr. Jerika Dodd a consultant pharmacist, as well as a health and wellness advocate. Welcome to our show, Dr. Dodd. Hi, Dr. Joanne. Thank you so much for having me. So I really wanted you on today's show because in my opinion, you're kind of one of, you are one of the unicorns of the pharmacy field. Your career path has been so unique, and I think it's important for all of us student listeners and new graduates to hear your story. So what made you wake up one morning and decide that you're going to be a pharmacist? Oh, wow. Um, When I was 17, preparing to graduate from high school and go into college, I actually wanted to be a high school English teacher. and. I decided that I needed to do something that would allow me to have a career that would be able to support me financially and decided that I didn't want to be a teacher any longer based around that financial piece and that I wanted to be something in the medical field. So I literally flipped through, that's right, it was that long ago, I flipped through the hard copy book catalog of all of the majors at the institution that I attended. And I selected pharmacy because what I knew of pharmacy then was the pharmacist behind the counter at the drugstore where we would get my grandmother's medication. And so I had a very limited view of pharmacy, but my approach to most things that I undertake is that I have to see them through, if at all possible. And so... Once I got into pharmacy school, there was no turning around. 
though I thought I wanted to be an English teacher, I kept going and it has become uh, one of the best decisions that I've made. And I think I've had a remarkable career. And then also you obtained your doctor of pharmacy degree at Florida Agriculture and Mechanical University, um, FAMU for short. What made you decide to choose FAMU for your doctor of pharmacy degree? Oh, gosh. Well, FAMU uh, then and still now has a wonderful college of pharmacy and a, a wonderful pharmacy program. And I was accepted into FAMU on a full scholarship. And so I wanted to use those scholarship dollars because at that time, uh, my parents were not in a position to pay to put me through school. I wanted to use those scholarship dollars to the fullest. And to I knew that it was I had one shot. And that was my shot to create a career for myself and uh, really embark upon you know, life uh, after, after college with something that would really undergird me and support me. And then, so FAMU is one of the historically black colleges um, in the United States. What role did um, going to a historical black college play in your career and your future development? Oh, wow. So going to FAMU, in addition to the pharmacy education that I received from the College of Pharmacy and Pharmaceutical Sciences, in addition to that, it exposed me to more of my own culture, probably more, more of my own culture that I had, than I had been exposed to within the first 18 years of my life. Um, and it allowed me to learn more about myself, more about my people, uh, be it African-American or those uh, of African descent or from um, any other place in the world. It allowed me to learn more about people, and it also allowed and instilled a sense of pride in um, the university and its remarkable yet humble beginnings, as well as the amazing products that have been produced from that institution. Including yourself. So fast forward after graduation, you are now the successful owner and CEO of your Pharmacy Advocate, a concierge pharmacy consulting service. Can you provide our listeners with a little background of your company? Sure. So in uh, 2015 and into 2016, I had several personal experiences with my health and also with the health of my parents one being diagnosed with cancer, the other having triple bypass heart surgery, in which after that surgery, um, she, my mother um, appeared to have what was likened to a dementia. And um, three, uh, five months after my mother's surgery, I had to have brain surgery. So oh. all of these things happening in five months, five months, and five months um, were quite a blow to me um, because they, they all happened and I wasn't prepared for any of them. And so I found myself being an advocate for my father, for my mother, especially when she came out of surgery and was very, very disoriented uh, for a very long period of time. It wasn't just you know, because the anesthesia needed to wear off. Uh, for months, um, she suffered with uh, mental health challenges. 
And then um, my own brain surgery in 2016. After all of these events, I knew that I was destined to create a concierge company where every patient could have their own personal pharmacist because my parents had the benefit of having a daughter who was a pharmacist who could advocate on their behalf, who could ask the questions that they didn't even know to ask. And I knew that other people needed that. And so pharmacy consulting practices do exist um, to support the mission of third-party payers in caring for patients. But I wanted to create a business that would allow patients to have their own personal pharmacists who not only would do medication therapy management, but that would also help them ask the questions like, why do I have diabetes? Why do I have hypertension? Why do I have high cholesterol? And help them address their diet, their lifestyle, as well as their questions and understanding of their medications, such that ultimately we would hopefully be able to reduce those medications as we make diet and lifestyle changes and have patients live healthier for their lives. Okay. And then um, first, I'm so sorry about everything you had to go through in terms of getting to that, because that's a lot, just five months between your surgery and then your parents' surgery. But um, I think it's amazing that you used your trauma and your pain to um, better the world and environment around you to make sure that every patient has their own personal pharmacist. If I'm a patient, how can I retain your services? Like, how does it work? How do I contact your pharmacy advocate? Like, how do I start the process? Oh, that's really simple. Two ways to reach us by our 800 number. It's 855-SAFE-MED. That's 855-S-A-F-E-M-E-D. Or they can reach out through our website, which is yourpharmacyadvocate.com. There's a page that says contact us. With that, uh, a patient can reach out and we will reach back out to them and we will start the process where they will be assigned a pharmacist. They will um, complete an assessment form so that we can get a really good assessment of what their health concerns are, what their medications are. And then we take the process from there. Their personal pharmacist would uh, schedule a uh, virtual consultation with them and the process would proceed from there. So your customers, are they only patients or can they be doctors too who want their, um, their practice patients to have a personal pharmacist on staff or so on record? We can work with patients directly, as I was uh, just describing, or we can work with healthcare practitioners, uh, be they uh, physicians or uh, holistic or alternative healthcare practitioners. We can work with healthcare practitioners to support their needs for having a pharmacist either in their practice virtually or in person, or if a healthcare practitioner would like the consultation of a pharmacist to help them, I say, kind of look over their shoulder and give them pharmacist consultation on a particular complex case or one where they have uh, questions about the medication therapy and what would be best for the patient. We have uh, pharmacists that are available to provide consultations directly to the healthcare practitioner. That's more of a peer-to-peer consultation. Or, as I said, uh, we can work with a practitioner to have a pharmacist either live or virtually to support their practice and meet with their patients. Wow. That's, it's just amazing how you um, 
formulated your company. And as a CEO, I mean, you're self-employed and I'm sure that comes with a lot of stress. What are some of the downfalls of being a self-employed pharmacist? Oh, downfalls. I don't know if I would couch it as downfalls. I would maybe say challenges. I think that when you take the journey of entrepreneurship, it's one that comes with a lot of success and a lot of rewards. However, there are challenges and there are difficulties. And so I would say uh, one of the, some of the challenges and difficulties that I've experienced personally are um, in the beginning, connecting with and understanding who was the best fit for the business, uh, be it a vendor, be it someone that's working directly with the business, um, who was the best fit. And so what I've come to understand is that sometimes we may look for people based upon their capability to do the job, but it's more than that, more is needed than that. It's important to be able to connect with people and with vendors, in my opinion, for this business that have or espouse to the same values. And so that's really important to work with uh, consultants, work with contractors, work with vendors that have very similar values because I think that impacts the working relationship. One of the other things that I would say has been an interesting journey for me is having to learn what needed to be done with regards to marketing. And that's always an area that I'm continuing to look, look to grow in because I was educated as a pharmacist and then as a pharmacist administrator. So marketing and sales were not necessarily a part of my background. So that's something that I have had to continuously learn, uh, take risk and uh, try things and figure out if I'm reaching people or not. So that has been uh, a challenge that has come along with entrepreneurship. And I think the other thing that has been uh, a challenge is that as you're growing your business, you uh, meet a great number of people, great number of people that you could even collaborate with, who uh, want to work with you. Uh, you meet all kinds of people. And so time management really, really becomes important in that I have to really think through every request for my time and determine if it's valuable, if it's supporting the needs of the business. And not every interaction or every meeting or what have does support the needs of the business because there are times when I have to provide support for others in their businesses. However, it's caused me to have to do more scrutiny around my time to determine how I will spend it. Because we all know we spend the same amount of time every day but I've had to become more judicious in how I spend that time. Yeah, just maximizing your time as well as your profit as a CEO. Yes. Because more time you dedicate to others, it takes away from the business. Right. Um, so, well, I have several pharmacists reach out to me on social media, LinkedIn, as well as Facebook, and ask to have you know time with me to talk about making the leap from corporate America to entrepreneurship or just making a transition in you know their career period. And oftentimes I wish that I could spend all day 
talking to people about how to make the leap from where they are to where they want to go and begin following their dreams for their careers as well as their life. However, I'm limited in that I don't have all day that I can you know, be on the phone and talk. And so I have to be really judicious in determining the number of people that I can talk to in a day. One, so that I can help other people get where it is that they're trying to go, but also serve the needs of my business as well. You know what it is, though? You really are, like, I call you the unicorn pharmacist because I, it's very rare for me as a recent graduate, and I know for some of my classmates and my underclassmates, to meet someone like you who has chosen a non-traditional route and just been so successful with it. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's something you could capitalize on um, starting a mentorship program under your pharmacy advocate, mentoring other pharmacists who want to take the same leap because you are kind of a mentor. You have been um, mentoring me, student pharmacists and dedicating other people time to other people. Yes, and it's it's funny that you should mention that since the last time we talked, I have had and and I talk about mentoring and coaching in in two different uh, ways, and so I'll, I'll I'll get to that in just a second. But it's funny since you and I have talked, you, you um, this wasn't in even in place when you and I talked the last time. But since you and I talked, I have had several pharmacists reach out to me and say, "I will pay you to coach me to either one." become an MSL, which is the job function that I did in the pharmaceutical industry, both uh, therapeutic as well as outcomes for 15 years. And, or they've reached out to say, I would like you to coach me on taking the leap on how to take my idea and the dreams that I have for what I want my career and my life to look like and how to take that from a dream to an action plan and, and move forward. So Though when I left uh, my corporate job in the pharma industry, my sole focus was building your pharmacy advocate. And I am continuing to do that. I now have started to accept coaching clients who are ready to make a change, either within uh, the industry, in the pharmacy industry, and they want to become an MSL, or those who want to make a change because they're in whatever facet and they're wanting to make a change to either being an entrepreneur or take the next step in transition. It's a dynamic time because our, the, the pharmaceutical industry, the, pharma, the, the pharmacy as a profession, it's experiencing a lot of change and disruption right now. And a lot of pharmacists are finding that markets are saturated and they're not quite sure what's next. So you may be aware that I do dinner programs for women in pharmacy. I've done uh, three now, Nashville, Birmingham, Atlanta, uh, preparing to do one in Portland uh, at the end of the summer. I'm just going to different cities. I've been asked to come to uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. I've been uh, had an inquiry about coming to Michigan. To do this dinner program, I have a colleague that I'm hoping we can collaborate and do a dinner program in Chicago. And so talking to women specifically about what's next for you in pharmacy. So we've got this education, the market is changing, the dynamics are changing, what next? And I'm very passionate about helping 
people find their what next because I see and talk to pharmacists almost every day of the week and you can hear them virtually wringing their hands, racking their brains, going, my hours are being cut, I can't get an interview. And I like to help them sort through that and find out if even where they are is where they want to be. And if not, how do we help you move and transition to where it is you want to be? So that's what I've been working on since you and I talked last time. And so I've been providing coaching to clients, to pharmacists, clients who are wanting their, you know, to explore their what's next. Uh, with regard to mentorship, when I do still uh, mentor pharmacy students, because I definitely remember being a pharmacy student and not really having a lot of mentors. And so I reserve mentoring for students that are currently in pharmacy school. However, as pharmacists who have graduated and are launching into our careers, I think the way that mentorship can happen, especially in these days of everyone having you know, a busy schedule, I talk about how I have to be very judicious with my time. I think that my personal approach to mentorship, because I, there are people that I want to mentor me, is I don't necessarily have an identified mentor, but there are people that I definitely respect both within pharmacy and outside of pharmacy in the world of business that I definitely respect. And so I make it a point a couple or three times a year, three to four times a year at most, to reach out and to connect and have a conversation. And in having that conversation, I definitely aim to offer any value that I can but then as the conversation goes, I'm able to ask a question about their opinion on something or something that I'm facing and how they would direct me or suggest that I approach it. And so my mentoring that I receive and that I give tends to be more situational and it tends to be more of a non-formal mentoring. But when I have lunch with someone and they give me that nugget of information or they give me that nugget of advice that I can take and apply to myself, to my business, to my entrepreneurship journey, then I do that. And that way I don't necessarily have to have anyone identified as my mentor that spends a specific amount of time with me every month or every quarter or what have you. It's more of an informal process and I'm able to get wisdom, advice, suggestions, uh, experience from several different people. Yeah, so it's forming a network, um, basically, of information where each of you um, are planting a seed in each other to grow and be fruitful. Mm -hmm. And one thing that um, you said in the beginning of this conversation is that you wanted to be a teacher. And it's funny, as I'm listening to your story, well, you are a teacher and a pharmacist. Yes. And um, so it's funny how that played out in your story, your life story. And um, as I was doing research to prepare for this session, I also noticed how dedicated you are to educating yourself. Like right now you said marketing is something that you have to overcome, but something tells me five years from now, you'll have some kind of certificate in marketing because mm -hmm. you did your doctor of pharmacy at um, FAMU. Then you got a master's in pharmacy administration, which is helping you run your pharmacy advocate. Then you also um, looked, did a master's in pharmacoeconomics. So you can learn how to, maximize um, 
profits and um, reduce costs for patients. And then you also did a health coach certificate as well as functional medicine to better help and teach patients as well as um, advocate for them. So how did you, did you know when you were doing all these degrees and these certificates, even though you're more focused on forming that human connection with patients, but did you know when you were doing all these degrees and certificates that each learning opportunity in its own role would prepare you for this moment in your life where you would be the CEO of your pharmacy advocate or were these opportunities that they, they were there and you're like, you know what, let me take advantage of this and move forward. So I would say that I never um, had the idea until I had the personal health challenges for my parents as well as myself I never had an idea that I would be the founder and CEO of your pharmacy advocate. So that's relatively new in the last couple of years. However, it's something that I strongly believe in. So I'm definitely dedicated to continuing to build your pharmacy advocate. One, because it assists patients. Two, because it fills a gap that I feel the healthcare system has. Um, And then three, it gives pharmacists the opportunity to practice pharmacy in a different way. With regard to my degrees and my certifications, I am a lifelong learner and I love, love, love to learn. And so with that, it has been my joy to complete each degree, each certification. And I think that that's something that many pharmacists share is a love of learning. However, one of the things that I share when I coach clients is that pharmacists can get stuck in a I'm just going to get another certification. So one of the things that I caution pharmacists about is learning at the expense of making progress and moving forward. So oftentimes we want another degree, another certification, another credential to add to our long list list on our resume. And that's not necessary to take action to move forward. So when I started building your pharmacy advocate, I had to take what I call massive imperfect action. So we also generally, our pharmacists are pretty analytical. And so we want to make sure that we've thought through everything, that we've got it right. And I definitely understand where that comes from because we're a profession that has had to look for everyone else's mistakes and catch them. You think about when you're reviewing prescriptions, you're reviewing them to make sure that the writer of the prescription wrote it accurately that it's the right drug, the right dose, and the right time for the right patient. And so, therefore, you are trained to to look for errors, if you will. With that, when it comes to being an entrepreneur, that entrepreneur cannot sit back and wait until everything is perfect, everything is perfectly planned to move, or you'll never move. And so one of the ways that pharmacists tend to hide, if you will, or excuse not taking action is going to get another certification, going to get another diploma or degree, uh, and going to get another credential to add to their list. So with that, I think it's important that we continue learning. However, don't learn at the expense of making progress in whatever transition you're trying to make. I love that. I just love what you just said right there. That was powerful. You know, walking in place is movement. Instead of making a list of things to put on our CV, let's be purposeful in the things that we're doing. So thank you so much for 
coming on today's show. Thank you for sharing your tips with us. Pharmacy Future Leaders, please remember to follow follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pharmacy Future Leaders and on Twitter at Leaders Pharmacy for more fun tips, advice, and updates on the show. And when we post this on all our social media accounts, we will also link you to your Pharmacy Advocates page so that you can um, connect with um, Dr. Dodd in case you would like to utilize her for coach coaching services or... Um, use her for a personal pharmacy advocate. Thank you again so much for coming on today's show, Dr. Dodd. Thank you for having me, Joe. This is Pharmacy Future Leaders. The mission of the Pharmacy Future Leaders podcast is to support all pharmacy students by providing advice, direction, stories, and sharing with each other. Be sure to use the hashtag Pharmacy Future Leaders on all social media. We thank you for listening to our podcast. Please send us an email if you're interested in being on the show. Send your message to pharmacyfutureleaders at gmail.com. Just remember, never give up, stay positive, eat healthy, get your sleep, and know why you wanted to be a pharmacist from the beginning to help others live healthier lives. We are Pharmacy Future Leaders.